This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm Corey Wright. And I'm Adam Scalina. And today we've got a fantastic episode, Corey. We do. We have John McDonald of the Business Examiner. So for people who are in the Vancouver Island region and the Thompson, Okanagan, and BC Interior region will be very familiar with it. It's a great publication that tracks everything from the real estate side of the business all the way to the business side of the business. They put out great weekly emails about movers and shakers, who's buying what, who's going where. So great insight, and we can't wait to pick his brain to find out what he's seeing out there in the business world, especially in those two markets. I'm super excited to have John on the show, largely because I, I want to ask him where he would invest, because yeah. he's kind of in all these secondary markets, and he's monitoring it all the time. To be covering these kind of, these different locations, you got to be excited about the regions. 100%, 100%. Right? And they, they have a front seat to everything that's happening, good and bad. So to get his take would be really interesting. Yeah, fantastic. Before we get to that, Corey, you're fresh off of the uh, William Wright retreat in uh, I don't, I don't know if I Whistler. Say, I don't say fresh. I came back very <laughs> tired. But it was great. We, we bring all the offices together once a year in Whistler. Right. Uh, everyone's doing some golf and we're some people are going to the spa and we're having dinners and people are having some beverages. So it was really, really great to catch up. You were invited this year, but you know, I mean, you didn't time it very well. You were at home and you couldn't make it because you were busy or something? Yeah, I was busy. Yeah, I had a baby number two. Congratulations. The, the weekend. Thank you very much. Yeah, it, it's uh, equal parts exciting and terrifying because <laughs> I'm uh, I'm back at the stage of uh, a newborn and yep. uh, cluster feeding and up every three hours at night. But uh, it's good to be back in the office. I should say, you're also, we're we're recording a little bit earlier today because you're heading to a William Wright presents a cocktail party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is this it's, like, your... it's kind of a common, William Wright sponsored by Smirnoff. It's kind of a common theme we have. Every every Christmas and every summer, we have our client summer celebrations. Just say right. thanks so much. We have a cocktail and appetizers. Today, we have all the lower mainland offices going on at uh, Global Downtown at the patio. Yeah. Uh, in Kelowna, it's happening tonight at Salt and Brick on Bernard on the Are water. Are you somehow getting the Kelowna? No, 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 I won't be there in the next, uh, next week. Ish, we have our Victoria one. So we do it every single year for the clients. Great chance to see them face-to-face and just interact with them and see how things are going and say thank you for the business. So it's uh, straight from here right to that event right after. You know, it's it's worth being a William Wright client just for all the swag and the invites. We, we try to do our best to give all of our clients kind of an insight of what's happening and taking part in these cool events. And then one thing we just wrapped up today as well was our William Wright Summer Speaker Series, which is a four or five-part webinar speaker series where we have major CEOs from different industries join us to talk all about it. And this year it was focused on the Canadian economy. And right. we had we had people from the construction industry. We had people from the financial industry. Did John Friesen do it one year? John Friesen did it last year for us. Wow. Uh, we did it on sort of developing in BC secondary markets. And we yeah. had people from Victoria, Kelowna, Kamloops, all come on CEOs talk about their projects. But this year we had the economy. So people got to hear firsthand. And we had Doug Porter from BMO for those wow. who've listened. 
Doug Porter was on yeah. uh, our show yeah. uh, not long ago. He was fantastic. He was Can't amazing. Wait to have him so, back. So we had him uh, last week at the speaker series, and uh, just you know everything's happening. The economy, really, really good insight. You know, you know some people get scared, some people get excited, but we wrap that up again today. So again, if you're a client, you get access to these VIP events face-to-face with these CEOs. You get asked questions and all that stuff. So we try to do our best to be on the forefront. So you get good insight, you get good uh, care, and then uh, customer service. And then at the end of the day, you give all your the money that you earn from the transaction back via cocktails and... 100%, uh, 100%, yeah. This is an interesting business model. Yeah, so we... we, we <laughs> <laughs> Top shelf for all the clients today. So we'll see how it goes. Fantastic. Well, hey, uh, without further ado, this is a great conversation today with Business Examiner's publisher, John McDonald. I'm super excited for this episode. Let's cut to our conversation with John. Sounds good, guys. Enjoy. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. Impact Commercial. John, Alan, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. Okay, so, so we're here with John McDonald. He is the publisher for Business Examiner. How you doing, John? I'm doing great, guys. Really appreciate uh, you having me on. I've been looking forward to this for, for a couple of weeks. So looking forward to the conversation here. We really appreciate you taking the time today. And yeah, we know you're a really busy guy. So maybe, John, for our listeners who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and then also a little bit about Business Examiner? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'll maybe start with the company. So I grew up in a family business. So the Business Examiner used to be called Business Vancouver Island. Uh, it was founded in 2004 by my parents. So I've worked, I grew up in the business and then started in a full-time capacity with them in 2017. And then I worked, kind of ground my way up. I did a little bit of everything and then kind of settling in the business development sales side of things and then bought the business in 2020. And so when I got involved, the business was a print uh, newspaper that focused or a group of print newspapers that focused on local business news for Vancouver Island, Northern BC and the Thompson Okanagan. And then when I got involved, we removed print uh, from uh, all of our offerings and moved to an entirely online uh, model. So we still serve those same regions, but instead of print news, it's now weekly newsletters, content on our site, and digital magazines for each of those regions. So that's a little bit about the business. For myself, I live in Abbotsford, British Columbia. I've been here for about 10 years, born and raised in Nanaimo, and uh, I operate uh, the business uh, just uh, remotely um, and dealing, working with our team. We've got team members anywhere from Nova Scotia, uh, people handling certain things there, to media buyers in the Fraser Valley, all the way to, to writers and, and sales staff for the regions we serve. So yeah, that's a little bit about, about myself and my company. For all of those listeners who are very familiar with the Vancouver Island region, you guys have sort of been on the forefront of what's happening in the business world, the real estate world, and everything in between. What are you guys seeing overall? We'll just ask you, we'll throw you a softball here to start you off with. What are you seeing overall over the, say, the past six months since 2022? We've gone through a lot from a, a business community. What are you guys seeing happening in these regions right now? 
Yeah, we see uh, quite a bit of excitement. I mean, there's a ton of development, and I, I know we'll get into this in a little bit, but kind of across the board, the biggest spikes, again, that we'll touch in a little bit, are in multifamily, just by, by a pretty massive margin compared to the rest uh, of, of the other construction segments. But I think that what's been interesting for myself is we're on the phone with business people you know, every day, and what you see in the headlines in the news does not match the reality on the ground. You know, you kind of look at headlines about inflation and there's very real challenges, you know, with supply chain and, and labor shortages, but there's so much economic activity happening. And it's very rarely that we'll talk to a business who is not completely flat out. So a ton of optimism, certainly some concerns just with, you know, uncertainty about what the government and the Bank of Canada are going to be doing, but overall very, very bullish about, uh, especially the next three to six months here. Now, when you guys are following all the greater Van- greater Victoria area, the middle of the island regions and stuff like that, are you seeing any one region maybe popping off a little bit more than another or maybe specifically since 2022 started? Yes. The preface is by saying we do have a little bit of bias, but that is the, the municipality of Langford, the city of Langford, by a massive margin, both from our anecdotal observations and then there's the raw data just in terms of their the dollar value of the building permits that are being there, yeah, being permitted there, I guess is the right way to say it. But yeah, it's Langford. They have a, a, a very strong reputation across, I would say, probably British Columbia and maybe beyond about being extremely business friendly. They seek out um, and treat uh, developers in the construction community very, very well um, and are kind of notorious for uh, some of the faster uh, turnaround times on permits. And then we, uh, I believe, have you, guys, you guys have had Stu Young on. We have, yeah. We've, we've had Mayor Stu Young on and it's... Uh, I want to. I want to say it, a lot of common sense came through that interview there. That you would think a lot of other municipalities would apply, but for some reason don't. And most, you know, most mayors we have on, and we've had, we've been fortunate to have a lot of them, and a lot of them have been really, really good. He stands out as 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 welcoming the development community to the point of, hey, we need to grow our infrastructure. Developers help pay for that. We need to grow our community. We need to bring in housing. Developers help do that. Just a very, very positive outlook on the development community and, and the reflection shows everything from Costco all the way up to Tesla recently. And so, you mean, they've done a phenomenal job there in Langford. I'm not surprised to hear they're kind of at the forefront of that. What's going on? Yeah. And it's, it's to the point where we, we have a partnership with an organization in a different area of the Island where we, we basically are building out a branded content specialty for them. And one of the things that they wanted us to focus on was Langford and to basically promoting them is why can't other people be like that municipality? Um, just because, you know, if you're you guys in your own uh, transactions with the people that you deal with, just, you know, time is money and the delays. I'm trying to remember, I interviewed somebody, I believe it was a six month delay equals a 5% cost increase. And that was before, uh, wow. before inflation was, was factored in. So just, you know, in the scope of dollars of these projects, it's just so massive. So, well, that would explain Vancouver real estate prices then, because that's, you know, I mean, two, two years over here, throw 20% onto the purchase price. Yeah, so you know, I don't, I, I don't have a, a data sheet in front of me to back that up, but I know that I don't. That was the number that was used. So just be careful about that. <laughs> Corey just footnotes <laughs> himself. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I just referenced myself <laughs> in the footnotes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you, you're obviously seeing all this stuff over there. Which markets are seeing? You know, we talked before we started recording about you mean the permit values and all of that stuff. Can you maybe just walk us through what markets over there are starting to see? Maybe the biggest increase, the biggest dollar value in development permits. Yeah, so I can start you off with the South Island. So I'll just give you the numbers. Sure. Of the top, I'll just pick the top three for the South Island. So we've got Langford leading 
with $248 million in permits. And that's year to date, just to, wow. to, to clarify. We've got uh, Victoria, like Victoria proper, um, with $128 million, and Colwood as well with $101. Wow. Uh, moving down, so that's, yeah, that's the South Island, the top three. The Central Island, we've got, like, blended Nanaimo and Nanaimo Regional District. They are, uh, they keep them separate in this, in this data set, but in our purposes, we would combine them. So 241 for Nanaimo and 51 for Nanaimo Regional District. And then the Cowichan Valley Regional District is a, a second or third there with 60. Wow. Uh, 69. And then moving on to the north couch, or sorry, the Comox Valley is by a wide, wide margin the, the leader there. And that, but that includes the Comox Valley Regional District, Comox, Courtney, and Cumberland. Campbell River would be second there. And then we've got Port Alberni uh, bringing up the rear. One thing I did want to mention to you is in Cumberland, there has been some of the first new industrial land that has, has come into that area in quite some time. There's a company called, I'm going to butcher that anger, but I believe it's Achiano Developments. Um, and it's developed by the owner of Tree Island Yogurt and Drury Electrical. Uh, they have new industrial lands there, phase two. Phase one sold out very quickly, phase two. It's called the Bevan Lands. And it's it's a fairly high-profile high profile project because they've taken forestry land and converted it uh, through to industrial and did all the site servicing and are now building. So, yeah. Wow. You I mean, those are staggering numbers. And I think I'm, I'm pretty confident if you go back probably five or even 10 years ago, those numbers were probably a fraction of it. And I think that sort of just echoes the excitement that we see in the real estate world in these areas where more and more developers are acquiring land, more businesses are going over. COVID's obviously, you know, sort of hyper-focused that a little bit. But like I said, I think that that data really backs up what we've been seeing in the real estate world for the past couple of years. Speaking of that, put you on the spot a little bit here. There's various regions there that are going on. From your take and that stuff, is there one region that's maybe more favorable than another? And if so, why? Yeah, I think to me, the sleeper is is the Cowichan Valley. That is a, an area where we've just noticed, even in our own business from a revenue generation perspective, where there is just a lot of, you kind of, you, you drive through it on the way to Victoria, you know, for, for me yeah. growing up in the nine. So I just, you know, you kind of pass through downtown Duncan and you forget about everything that's happening there, but they've got a massive, uh, the couch and district hospital replacement project, which as you guys know, there's just massive amounts of money there. And then in it, outside of that, you start to see other investment pop up around where that land is happening. So New land assemblies, senior developer, senior living projects, multifamily, and then obviously your, your mixed use, mixed use and commercial. There's also some great indigenous communities there that are that uh, have opened up a lot of land for investments. So that is the area to me that is the, kind of the sleeper area. It's a very beautiful, beautiful place to be. The, the scenery, uh, depending on which area of the of the regional district you're in, there's some uh, waterfront opportunities, beautiful views, and uh, that's kind of the sleeper place for me. What do you think is different now, maybe than say five or 10 years ago? And, and where this question stems from is talking to people in the Nanaimo region. A lot of them have been saying, oh, we've been hearing about this new, you know, this new downtown core and all this stuff is coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then 10 years past, nothing has changed. But it feels like talking to people now that people feel this is now the time where it's actually going to change for the better. 
Why now? What's changed in your opinion? Also, growing up in that area, what's changed, say, in that in that Nanaimo region that makes it feel like now is the time this change is happening for the good? Yeah, you know, it's, I think it's a great question. I think you know, it's it's a bit with with real estate in general. It's a, it's you got I'm trying to dance around it carefully. A lot of this stuff has to do with who's in power yeah. in, in, in government, right? And and I think that there have been, there was a lot of turmoil at City Hall. Um, I don't know how closely you guys have followed the things that have happened over the past five or 10 years there, but City was in, in the news for negative reasons for many, many years. And I think what they they brought in a former MLA, Leonard Krogh, who stepped down and became mayor. And I think that the community has just stabilized. I think when you have peace in the home, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, for sure. It, creates it creates an air of confidence uh for investment there's also been some great progress with this nanaimo first nation there's a major announcement i don't know if you guys saw that yesterday is, is that ringing any bells the secret yep, properties yep. that we follow nanaimo quite yeah. clo- quite closely yeah so that, that pre- press release came out yesterday so you're, i think you're seeing you know there's great partnerships with the first nations in that area and some stability in the municipal government and i think that that brings trust for developers and then obviously you know, the record low interest rates and cheap debt are giving, you know, I think a little bit, the margin of error is a little bit larger than it was maybe 10 years ago or something like that. We were very fortunate a few episodes ago, maybe probably a couple of months ago now, we had Mayor Krogan and talking about Nanaimo and, and why now and that stuff. And, and, and very, very confident in his conversation with the business community, with the development community and that stuff. So it, a lot of excitement generated off of that. And we're very fortunate he took the time after to talk to us after we're done recording, but lots of excitement going on in the area. And I can say from the brokerage community standpoint is we have, we hear a lot more excitement from developers looking to acquire land in that area now than before where everyone was almost kind of like turned off by it. Like it's going to take you forever to figure it out. Nothing's happening. Or now it's like, how quickly can we get this? Who just bought this? What's happening over there? And there seems like there's a lot more excitement in that mid island region now than we've ever heard in at least in the past five years. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and I would I would agree with you. It's it certainly, um, yeah, it's been really nice to see because I, I feel like with Nanaimo, you have a bias, right? The place you grow up, and I love the community. Um, I love being close to the water, the amenities, uh, the opportunities that are there, just with the with the port, the airport, and the industrial land opportunities there. You know, you want to see the city do well, right? You want opportunities yeah. for for the people that you grew up with, and so it is nice to see it take shape. But I do think a lot of it, a lot of it, has to do with cleaning out some of the stuff that happened at, at, at city hall there. And then obviously just the COVID, you know, people making decisions about where they want to be, where they want to spend their money and the lifestyle choices that uh, are given to them now through kind of the remote work changes. Yeah. It's interesting because we've talked about the COVID question around the secondary markets uh, ad nauseum on this, on this show. And it seems to me, I always, the way I was conceiving of it is that, you know, like during COVID, it was almost like a steroid injection into some of these markets. And you would expect as we open up that maybe you would see some some softening or some some petering out of some of the activity. But it sounds like it's not just a hangover. Like it sounds like these markets are gonna have legs for years to come and the and the infrastructure is gonna be gonna be built. Is that safe to say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think so. There's the um I don't know how much you guys have done with the, the Vancouver Island Economic Alliance, but they're almost like a, I guess, a regional economic development focused uh, organization. And they've been releasing kind of data over the past couple of months. And they just talked about the population influx of people just legitimately moving here. And 
even we had our one of the things we did we do a commercial building award event uh, on the island and upcoming in the Okanagan in a couple of months. And some of the developers that have that I know personally that have built major projects in the Lower Mainland are moving their families to places like Nanus Bay, which is you know if you've not been there, it's a, it's a world class waterfront uh, community, nice golf course and, and beautiful uh, amenities there. So it is. It's just, it is interesting to see, you know, when, when the pain comes externally, what do people prioritize? And it seems like the island lifestyle, you know, amenities and nature and all that type are very, very appealing. Well, I was, I was over there not too long ago and I was, I was going through Parksville and I had been to Parksville yeah. a long time. I couldn't believe the development and change that I saw in Parksville. Granted, it's been 20 plus years, but not what I expected. Is there a halo effect you're kind of seeing now? Because obviously Nanaimo is growing and expanding. And obviously, COVID's pushing more people up there. Are places like Nanute's Bay and Parksville, are they starting to see a regenerational change with regards to the business community and, and the stuff like that? Yeah, I think so. I think this, I think the spillover or the halo effect is a great way to put it. You know, people seem to shift up or North Island kind of as prices and things go up. I know that a, a challenge with that community in the past has been the, the age of the community. And I think that it was a little bit more on the retirement focused side. And I think that has started to evolve. And then the news Bay, I mean, I'm biased because I used to, to, to spend a lot of time there uh, in my late teens, but to me, it's always been a gem. Like it's always been like, Oh, if you have a place in the news Bay, it's like it's a special, it's a very, very, very nice place to be. And then yeah, parts there are also, you're seeing some nice commercial industrial development stuff out there too. So um, yeah, spillover, I think there is, is a safe way to put it. It's also beautiful there, you know, ocean, very close by, which, you know, I don't think anyone's going to complain about. And John, I'm just, I'm thinking about your comments around the, um, Comox Valley specifically and, and being someone from the lower mainland for, for our listeners that don't know the island very well, what role does Comox Valley play on the island? Like in comparison to like a region in the lower mainland? Yeah. So the Comox Valley for us, is there's a lot of young families uh, going out there. And some of the, the high points or things that we like to, to tell in our own platforms over the years has been that, you know, they had the, I believe they have co- their own Costco, which is kind of a big, a big statement <laughs> uh, for a community on the Island. They got an, inter- an international airport and then they have had, and I believe that they continue to have a fairly progressive group of uh, municipal politicians between Comox and Courtney specifically. I know that Cumberland is really focusing on trying to build their business tax base. So that's where that Devon project comes in, that Atchiano development. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a more useful area. The government has spent a lot of money uh, over the past five to 10 years to rebuild. There's a new hospital there. And I believe there's a new one in Campbell River as well. I think we were both built around the same time. Uh, but definitely it's, it's a young family place. And there are, yeah, it's, it's a fairly business friendly place. And it's, it's very beautiful as well. I feel like, and I, I might, this might be a stretch, but I feel like the same people I know now that are, are moving to um, Cochin Valley are similar to the types of people that were moving to Squamish five to 10 years ago. Yeah. You know what? That is, that is a great, uh, great way to put it. I do know that um, people like the, the thought Digestini, he's the guy who owns Tree Island Yogurt, who's building the industrial lands in Cumberland. He's, I believe he's from the, from the lower or the lower mainland initially. There's a couple of people, even in the local government of those areas who have come from Vancouver. And I think, yeah, it's just when you have open ocean, clean air, no congestion and traffic 
and you can still make money and, and housing is relatively affordable, it, it can become a no-brainer, especially when you start to add kids uh, into the mix. But yeah, I think Squamish, I think that's an awesome, awesome comparison. Maybe, maybe changing gears here just a little bit, John, I know you guys are very active in the Okanagan as well. Yeah. What's your take on, on the Okanagan right now and maybe kind of pinpointing Kelowna and, uh, and Kamloops as two markets that um, obviously we've talked a lot about on this program. How, how are you seeing the economies operating in, in those cities and are you excited about each municipality or can you talk a little bit about them? Yeah, so we just had an event actually that William Wright was a part of uh, last week. So I appreciate that. But uh, we, so we had our, our business excellence awards, and for us, those are an opportunity for us to get, you know, we're there to, to to celebrate businesses, to promote businesses, but we also get a snapshot of what's going on because when we get those nomination forms in, we're getting everything from, you know, revenue changes, HR changes, you know, innovation, how have you dealt with COVID, that kind of stuff, and so. Um, the areas that popped for us, Kelowna, we had a lot of nominations and interest from uh, Kamloops as well. And I think w- what I've struggled with, or you try to say this in a politically correct way, but there's so much going on in these areas in terms of economic activity. I couldn't, you know, driving through some west side now, but the West Kelowna, the industrial work that's going on, you know, even the, the size of some of the automotive places that was pretty surprising to me compared to what I see even in, in Abbotsford here. There's just so much going on, but yet you turn on the news and you think the world's falling apart, right? We've got crises happening across the world. and But when we're talking to these people, that's not reflected, generally speaking. And so very excited about it. Our business is focused on expanding up there just because of what all, all of the uh, the new business that we're seeing uh, pop up there. Now, you know, we're shifting maybe from Cologne a little bit to Kamloops area. Are you guys sort of seeing the growth in the Kamloops market kind of similar to what people experienced in Kelowna maybe five or ten years ago? We hear a lot of people from our, our office up there and other people in that marketplace that there's a, a shift as well where Kamloops is becoming much more part of the conversation that wasn't once there before. Are you seeing that as well from a bird's eye view with what you guys are doing? Yeah, yeah, I think to a certain extent, I, I I do wonder if it's a bit of a similar conversation to our our island chat about Nanaimo spillover to, to to Parksville, and I think that you know I've got a family member who lives up there uh, and loves it, and yeah, there there yeah I think there's growth. To me, again, this is anecdotal. I'm not I don't have the hard numbers in front of me. I think it's not growing at the same exploding at the same rate, um, but it's got its own vibe. Certainly with the post secondary institutions too, there's a lot of international students coming there who want to stay locally. So usually a good sign um, just about this, what the the culture of the community is at. And then by extension, kind of the prospects for development and business, we're looking to invest in that area. So I think, you know, certainly optimistic. I don't think it's the same as Kelowna. That's my, my personal view, uh, but still very, very exciting as well. This is, this is maybe a challenging question and maybe an unfair question, John, but just in your kind of privileged position of monitoring all these markets in, in the province, if you were making an investment this year, where, where would you put your money? Well, it's a great question because I am actively looking right now. But uh, the places that like, you know, my, my own personal view on it is I like to be close and I like to be able to watch the things that I have, or at least, you know, to be able to check in. So I look for a, uh, you know, proximity to me, places that I'm at frequently, and then set, you know, secondarily, if, if that's a word, you know, what, where are you seeing uh, the other major players going? So for me, Nanaimo is one of those areas because I think there's some great value 
um, that's available uh, still uh, for, especially on, on the commercial side of some of the places I've been looking at. Kelowna, I like as well, but I would probably look more kind of residential up in the Kelowna area, just because I think there's a lot of, of great short-term rental opportunities. But for me, selfishly, and definitely have a bias, I like the island, and it would be probably Nanaimo or the Cowichan Valley, just because of the major government money that's going into that area. There's guaranteed construction happening in that region for, I believe, five plus years with that hospital expansion, at least five years. So I just, I'm a little bit more safe. And that, that those are the places that I, I kind of have some certainty that they'll, they'll be growth. That's uh, those some great, great selections for sure. Last question before we, we hit you with our six pack that we're not going to let you leave until you, until you answer everything. What is your <laughs> prediction for the rest of this year? Obviously you're dealing with various regions, various business owners, various industries, we are in a sort of an unprecedented time here with interest rates potentially. What is your prediction for the next six months? How does 2022 play out? You know, it's interesting, right? It's, it's the first time in my professional career I've kind of I've been going through this much uncertainty. And so what I'm curious about is there has been so much commitment from the federal government to build affordable housing. And we found that, it, again, it's my own observation, but that's propping up a lot of the uh, construction sector. So when we're looking at these areas, I think that things are going to continue as they are, and, you know, especially for the next six or so months. When some of these projects start to die out, or, or not die out, sorry, but become completed, and as the, the interest rates on uh, fin- project financing go up, there may be a bit of a slowdown. Um, but I still, without having the Bank of Canada numbers in front of me, I don't think that we're back up to where we were pre-recession 2008 yet. So I think that there's still... Even though people are are doing gloom in, in the news, like, you know, we just it's not reflected yet, anyways, in what we're seeing. So we're we're very optimistic. Yeah, I have to echo that as well. Like, what you see on the news and what we see on the front lines in the commercial real estate world don't seem to match up. Yeah. So again, and I think too, you know, just from more of a, a general business ethos or perspective, it's you want to be optimistic. It, it's healthy, you know, not only for your mental health but for the for the um, for the health of your business, and I think it's infectious. And so, you know, there's always going to be challenges. Things are always going to be hard for a variety of reasons. But I just think that uh, knowing the heart of, of, of many entrepreneurs, people are going to move forward yep. and they're going to deal with these obstacles and things are going to calm down and, and then there'll be a new challenge, right? That's just kind of the way things are. So that's my two cents on, on what the next you know couple of months looks like. I had a conversation with a client who was buying a fairly large building and he said everyone in his family told him he was nuts buying it right now. And his philosophy yeah. was he's never talked to somebody who bought real estate five years ago and said, oh, I paid too much. So he's like going to plow through it keep going. And he's like, he's like, we only have so much land available. He's like, I'll be okay. So I think we're all very optimistic. John, before we let you go, as I mentioned there, we got a six pack questions, six lighthearted questions, get to know a little bit more outside of the office. We're unfortunately not going to give you the option to leave because we're the six pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team. These are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. Still within the time window. So, first yeah, question. You've got, you've got nine minutes, yeah, Corey. Get we, on it. We got the hard stop from you. So, we're, we're, we're fitting this one in here. So, first question up 
favorite vacation spot when you find the time? Uh, Kihei. Oh, good Kihei one. And boy, I've got a, a buddy of mine. Uh, his family's got a condo there. So we, him and a couple of my buddies go out there maybe once a year. Uh, must must be a place to, to relax. One, of, one of the 70s buildings? Is that... Uh, I'm just thinking, I, I just came back from Kihei. I, I was going like say, you the, were there on spring break. Yeah, yeah. I love it. You wait, you're up at four yeah, in the yeah. morning, you're in bed by 6 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my normal days over here so, in BC. <laughs> so similar to Vancouver. The sweetness of the air once you get off the plane to me is like, that's one of my favorite parts, just coming off the plane the first time. And yeah, I love it. Just forced relaxation, have a couple of drinks and, uh, you know, try to forget about work for a day or two. No, that's, that's a great one. What have you been binge watching lately? Question number two. Or a movie recommendation? Well, I've been doing a couple things. I've been re-watching a lot of, interestingly enough, Mike Tyson come up stories. And so there's a, a YouTube channel, and I'm going to butcher that. I don't even know the name of it. But a lot of just the background story of, of, of who Mike Tyson is, where he came from, story behind the fights. And I just, I love, I love the guy. I know he's a bit of a psycho, but he's just so, so raw and so authentic, especially now later in life. That uh, that's what I've been binge watching. Mike Tyson fight. That's a that's a great one. One thing that comes to mind is uh, his book. I, I'm trying to remember what it's called, but I read it a few or I listened to it a few years ago on Audible. But it was yeah. uh, it was incredible. I don't know if you've read that yet. Yeah, is that the one where it focuses on him and then Customato and kind of like the background of exactly of boxing? Yeah. yeah, and like so growing I up and fighting in Brooklyn and yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's crazy. I remember, you know, you watch him on his, when his glory years, I don't think there's probably someone that you'd be more fearful of on the planet <laughs> than Mike Tyson. I, I saw something just recently here where I guess some drunk guy on a plane was lipping him off or something like that. And then he just wound up and started beating the guy. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, if there's one person that, guy, that, that guy was asking for it, though. if there's one person you wouldn't want to piss off on all of Earth, would either yeah. be T Rex if he was still here or Mike yeah, Tyson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. Like, just, well, there's also, uh, not to go too deep into Mike Tyson, but he's got a podcast where it's like on YouTube and it's, and he literally is just smoking a joint, like the entire episode. Like just, <laughs> yeah. just, it's like a blunt, like it doesn't, doesn't go out and you watch it. And the whole time you're like, is he going to just freak out and beat up his guest? Like that's the whole, <laughs> I think they know that that's what's captivating about it. But anyway, it's kind of like watching NASCAR. Yeah. yeah. You, just, you just don't know. Are they going to crash? They're not going to crash. <laughs> All right, all right, John. Next question here for you. You've had a couple of drinks now. You're sitting at a bar. Someone throws a karaoke mic in front of you. What song are you singing? Oh my god! Um, <laughs> they get easier from here. <laughs> okay, you know what? It is Luke Combs. Oh, good one. I like this one. When it rains, it pours. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, banger. I play it regularly, and I laugh every time that it comes on. Luke Luke Combs makes my Peloton morning rotations. Nice. Oh, that's awesome, man. <laughs> um, yeah, you've got banger after banger. Favorite restaurant or bar in the Lower Mainland? You know, I will shout out probably, I hope I'm saying it right, actually, it's Eliza Steakhouse. In oh, in Yelltown. Yelltown. Um, that's a go-to. I'm going there with my dad next week for his Father's Day present. That's kind of, I'm a steakhouse guy if I'm going to go out. That's, that's a place I'd like to go. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Favorite band? Oof. Boy, oh boy, that's a tough one. Sounds like it might be might, country, I, though. I, Could be country. I actively have my phone open searching. 
Um, so I, I, a bit of a, a conflict because I go through, I'm a competitive power lifter kind of during the, uh, when I'm not working. And so depending on where I'm at in my training cycle and how close I am to competition, kind of the, the intensity of the music changes. So right now it's very chill. I just competed, you know, country, Jason Aldean, Thomas Rhett, Dallas Smith, Jordan Davis. I play a lot of Jordan Davis. And then start, as things start to get more intense, a lot of rap. So, you know, Drake's got a new album, little, little baby is somebody I like. And then when things get really intense, it's closer to competitions. I get into a lot of metal, a lot of death metal. I was going to um, say Pantera. I was, I was thinking yeah, exactly. about like, yeah, that's hilarious. I was thinking, I was like, I was listening to Jordan Davis on acoustic album I had. I was listening to him on the that's way. That's why you're not a deadlifter. Yeah, that's why I'm not, that's why I'm not a deadlifter. I, I got Jordan Davis sandwiched between is it? BTS <laughs> and Backstreet Boys. I got a little bit of Jordan Davis there in my playlist this morning. Yeah, and I, I, I listen to it all even when I train, but just, you know, as, as things get to a certain point with like, a consequence of failure starts to increase. There's no you want to pull the happiness out if so, you can. <laughs> so so do you have any nickelback in that training music playlist? <laughs> I can't say that I do, but uh yeah, a little bit more like Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Um, Close enough. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> both bands. And as a as a final a final question and then we'll we'll let you we'll let you go, John. But uh you're on death row. What's your uh, your last meal? Oh man! Actually, you know what? I will give a bit of a shout out to I don't know if you guys have been to I believe it's called Cuckoo's in Coombs. It's a really nice restaurant just outside of Parksville in that Coombs Village area, and they have a chicken gnocchi dish where they make the gnocchi hand uh, oh. by hand there, Sounds and that good. is it's phenomenal. I won't. Uh, wow! I, I have been to this out. place. And I'm I'm shocked I have. I'm just I'm I can picture it now. Is there uh, goats on the roof? Yes. No. Yes, that's exactly yeah, that's it. Is that, oh, is that's that the a, one? That's where we are. Ah yeah. goats on the roof. That's place. okay. That's what it is. Yeah. At a at a yeah. Yeah, get, yeah, get over there more often. It's a beautiful, a beautiful spot. And just you know, especially if you got a family just walking around, lots of nice things to do and generally pretty pretty relaxed there. So Excellent. Well, how can people find out more about what you're up to, John? And uh, of, of course, Business Examiner. Um, yeah, probably the safest way is just businessexaminer.ca. You know, that is kind of our, our central hub for, you know, any new content that's posted up there. We've got a big event coming up in Kelowna, focused on commercial development uh, happening September 15th. And so we're, there'll be information about that there early next week. But yeah, the website's the safest way to go. Our, our email and contact info is there as well. Fantastic. Well, we promised you you'd be uh, we'd be off the call at 3.45 and it's 3.44. So we've beat ourselves by a minute here. So thanks for your time today. <laughs> and uh, we really appreciate you have, uh, taking the time with us, uh, John. Hey, I really appreciate uh, being a part of, uh, of, of your podcast. And uh, yeah, I look forward to, to hearing uh, when it comes out. Excellent. Thanks for your time, John, today. Take care. And there you have it, folks. Our interview with John McDonald of the Business Examiner. I thought it was great to get his take on what's happening in these markets because we hear so much about them. But for someone with his intel on the front lines, I took a lot away from that interview. Yeah, no, that was phenomenal, that conversation with John. Always a pleasure to kind of to go around the province, check in what's happening. And this is a strange time because we're coming up on what's potentially another interest rate yep. increase, potentially 75 basis points. Yeah. 
And, you know, that's coming next month. The market still seems to be fairly brisk. Like, yeah. are, you, are you feeling a, a shift at all in commercial? Um, you know, I wouldn't say we're feeling a shift just yet. We definitely are seeing product that may take longer to actually sell through or may have to go through a price reduction before it gets sold. But again, we're coming off the heels of 25 offers per property selling you right. know, 50% over asking. So coming off of that, anything's going to feel slower. But we're probably, we're, we're ticking along at probably a normal pace. Good assets are still selling and still selling in multiple offers if, if they're good products. So right. you, you just got to have a, a good broker on the inside that's sort of out there looking for everything. No, I wouldn't say there's any deals at this stage because a lot of people are calling and I think there's deals out there. That hasn't materialized just yet and may not materialize, right? We, we still lack a lot of inventory. So that will have be one card that we can't play. Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting time just to be monitoring the markets, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting to watch over the next you know six months or so how this all plays itself out and how it works itself out, right? Because yep. it's uh, these interest rates. It seems like there's no end in sight right now, and inflation again, as we just talked about, the inflation numbers are seem to be uh, unstoppable as well. Highest in forty years last month. Forty years. Forty years. So what's that, 83? I'm just I'm calculating yeah. from my birthday. Yeah, yeah. No, it was funny. I was saying earlier, we had a sales call with some of our team members. Right. And they were like, this is the highest percentage growth we've ever seen in inflation since 1983, 40 years. And I'm like, wow, I was born in 83. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's a constant reminder. So if it's not the gray hair on my face, or the inner tube around my waist, my yeah. staff reminds me. So, Here, Well, here's the thing. I mean, at least you didn't have to live through those high interest rates because then, <laughs> yeah. then, be, then you'd be in a much different situation. But don't worry, my parents remind me of 21% interest all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> every every night at dinner. All right, what else do we have for uh, the day? Anything else? How can people get in touch with you guys at William Wright? People can reach out to us anytime in our Vancouver office, 604-428-5255. They can drop me an email, corey at williamwright.ca, or they can visit our website, williamwright.ca, which hopefully in the coming weeks, we have our brand new site going up there with a lot more intel. Come by, sign up for all the latest and greatest news, and we'll get you in touch with uh, any broker that we can. Fantastic. We'll have a great week, guys. We'll, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys, for listening. Subscribe today.